So good morning, Eastside family. Typically, this is a time when I send the children away to junior worship. They already went earlier, so if you came in late with your kids, uh, they are already there ages, I think, three through third grade. I have a teleprompter that tells me that I can't remember it myself. But I do want to tell you to take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 26. Deuteronomy chapter 26. And as you're turning there, I want to remind you of a very important as a matter of fact this is going to be really the focus of what we're going to talk about today a very important aspect of our worship to God and that's the offering that we bring to him every Sunday and so we have made it possible for you to bring your offering of worship to God in four different ways you can mail a check to the church address you can give an automatic draft through your bank which is easy to do you can go online to our website there's a box on the home page or front page whatever you call it and it says give follow the instructions click there or if you're in person, you can bring your contributions to the table um, that's there on the way out. I saw Andy grabbing the box right now. I think he's going to be counting the money, though. So. Um, and though those who are not here in person, to those of you that are with us live, via live stream, it is such an incredible honor. We are absolutely delighted to have you with us. It means the world. Now, Stephen Whiting did a wonderful job with communion. Thank you, Stephen. He left a little secret. He was telling you about... Um, him and Tammy getting all their Christmas stuff out. If I'm right, they put up, it was last year, 63 Christmas trees in one house. Anybody, Karen and I can barely get up one tree. So how you do that in two weeks, I'll never know. Deuteronomy 26. Today's lesson um, you may end, go walk away today going, well, that was a little bit different. And if you do, that's because it is going to be a little bit different today. It's going to be less inspirational, if, if my sermons are inspirational. And it's going to be more instructional, I guess I could say, as it connects and relates to our annual harvest offering, which we will have next Sunday, that is part of our Thanksgiving holiday, our Thanksgiving season. You know, typically we think of the first Thanksgiving as a time when the new settlers to America first came to their new homeland and when they gathered with some of the Native Americans who lived here already and they shared a meal together, giving thanks to God for surviving a, a really tough winter and they gave thanks to God for a, um, a great harvest. At least that's the way I was taught history growing up. And that may, be, may have been for our nation the first Thanksgiving but Thanksgiving goes way further back than that. When you look in the Old Testament, you see that God's people, the Israelites, they had a, a lot of festivals, a lot of feasts that were, that were expressions of thanks to God. And with each of these feasts, there was offer, all, often an offering that accompanied them. They gave their regular tithes and offerings, but there'd be a time in the year for example, the time of the harvest where they would stop and above and beyond what they gave in their regular tithes and offerings, they would bring something above and beyond to God as an expression of thanks because God had, as they could tell, had gone above and beyond in blessing them and caring for them and providing for them. And so we see here in Deuteronomy chapter 26 instructions for one of such of these of these 
Thanksgiving celebration. Maybe we could call it the first true Thanksgiving. Let me give you a little bit of history. Some of you know this, some of you don't, just to put this in context. God's people, the Israelites, they had been for 400 years slaves in slavery in Egypt. God delivered them out of Egypt, and then they spent another 40 years wandering through the wilderness. And this was a terrible time of history for God's people um, because of their behavior. They doubted God. They disbelieved God. They criticized God. They complained. They made huge mistakes. They had been incredibly everything the opposite of thankful, very ungrateful. But the amazing thing is, in spite of that, God didn't give up on them. By His mercy and His love, He stuck with them. So here He is with them. They've come close to their new homeland. They're getting ready to enter in. We'll, we'll see that. As a matter of fact, probably in January, we're going to look at that story of Joshua and how they went into the promised land. But here they are at this point in Deuteronomy. They are on their eastern side of Canaan, on the eastern side of the Jordan River. They're in a, 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 the plains, an area of the plains of Moab. And here God, through Moses, is giving... Uh, a repetition of the law and giving instructions to his people. And so we have here in Deuteronomy chapter 26 verses 1 through 15 these instructions that God is giving them regarding this celebration. Now, I'm not going to read this whole passage this morning. I want to encourage you to do that in your life groups and I want to encourage you to really dig deeper in this passage. I'm just going to point to a few verses and then I'm going to share with you how we're going to live this this coming week. So God through Moses tells his people in verses 1 and 2, When you have entered the land through the, the Lord your God is giving you as inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, verse 2, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. So let me just, just stop here for a minute and talk about first fruits. That's a really important aspect here. Whenever the Israelites would have a harvest, the first thing they would do was not say, hey, man, we got a big bonus here. What can we buy for ourselves? The first thing they would do is they would take a portion of their harvest and not give it to themselves, but they would take it and give it to God as an offering of their first fruits. So this was, this was a way of, of honoring God. This is a way of worshiping God. This is a way of saying, God, you in our lives, you in our nation, you, came, you come first. They didn't take from themselves for themselves first with what they had received and then go, okay, well, what's left over, this will give to God. God came first with their first fruits. That's a tremendous model for us actually to follow. They would then take this offering, it says, they put it in a basket, and they would carry it to the dwelling place of God. That would be, at this time, the tabernacle. That would be their church building, basically. And then, we're not going to read this part, but you can look at it in your life groups. They would then recount all that God had done. They would look back over the history of their lives and say, this is where we were, and this is what God has done, and this is where we are today. Wow, God, as we sang today, God has been so good to us. They gave a testimony. As a matter of fact, in 
two weeks, we're going to have four individuals come here in the spirit of thanksgiving, and they're going to recount God's goodness in their own lives. We're going to live that out through four true life living testimonies that we'll have in a, in a couple of weeks. After giving these testimonies, we then read in verses 10 and 11, he says, place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you in your household. And so this was, a, this was a Thanksgiving celebration with this basket of their first fruits offerings. This was an act of worship as they brought the basket to the Lord and they bowed down before him. And then of this offering that they had brought in a basket. We read in verse 12 of chapter 26. Give it to the Levite, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that they may eat in your towns and be satisfied. So this is where our thanksgiving and their thanksgiving kind of go in different directions. Unlike our thanksgiving where we got all this food and so let's eat it. That's kind of like more a thanksgiving. Theirs was more, this is what God has given us, and let's take it and give it to the less fortunate in our community so that they too can be blessed. That's really the true heart of thanksgiving with an emphasis on the word give. We give thanks by giving back to God through giving to others. And then you keep on reading in that chapter and he keeps referring to this as a sacred offering. And that's why every time I mention the, the, uh, our offering we have, I, I mention this is an offering, this is worship, this is sacred. It's not just the, the business of the church. And I don't have time to really unpack this too much. I want to mention it. You can talk about it in your life groups. But I think it's significant to notice that God is instructing them to do this, which is kind of, at first glance, maybe it seems a little bit odd that God says to us, I've done all these things for you. No, I want you to say thank you to me. But in truth, this really wasn't so much for God as it was for his people because God knows us, his people. He knows that when we forget, when we fail to remember, and we fail to give thanks to God for His goodness, we began to lose sight of God, and we began to spiral downward. This is the story of Romans chapter 1. Because we forgot simply to be grateful and to express thanks to God. So the church, this is our biblical model. And so following this biblical model that's given to us in Scripture... Our Eastside family has, as a part of our Thanksgiving holiday, every year, we've been doing this, I don't know, for seven, eight years, or maybe more, at least, I've been here eight, so I know it's been at least eight years. Each year, we bring to God, to our house of worship, to our building, we bring an offering of food and money, which is in turn to be given to those in need in our community. And the channel through which we give our offerings is through our partnership with Mercy's Gate, which is a local ministry here in Colorado Springs. Now, thankfully, we're glad to have a lot of new folks who have become part of our church family. And some of you are not only new to Eastside, but you're also new to Colorado Springs. And so I want to, while it be a little bit of a repeat, or you already know this for some of you, others of you don't. So I want to tell you a little bit about Mercy's Gate. But in order to do so, I want to tell you that while you may drive around Garden of the Gods 
or some of the neighborhoods in Colorado Springs. I mean, this is a really well-to-do city. And you may be in your own little bubble and, and feel as though, man, you know, everybody's doing pretty well. But if you get outside of your little bubble, you discover differently. There are a lot of people in this city that are desperately hurting. They are struggling financially. They're struggling with disabilities. There are people who have lost jobs. There there are people who are having health problems. You will meet and discover people that could be categorized as feeling right now very hopeless and very helpless. And if you read the paper, and I do just to try to keep myself current for, for my teaching, right now people are hurting more than they have in years due to, and I quote from the paper, due to surging inflation, due to the rising cost of living, making uh, living from paycheck to paycheck, which many people do, making it harder and harder. In today's paper, I read these words. Nationally, we are enduring the worst economy in 40 years, driving inflation beyond the ability of Americans to keep up as household incomes decline. That's a statement about what is happening to many of our homes in Colorado Springs. Maybe not your home and maybe not your neighborhood. A high percentage, you'd be surprised, a high percentage of people in El Paso County live below uh, the level of what is identified as the poverty level. And so there's this amazing organization. It's a Christian organization, Mercy's Gate. And they're, they're a, a non-profit organization, and they'll tell you if you go online, as a matter of fact, yesterday in yesterday's paper, there was an article about them. Strongly recommend you read, about the, read the article. They, they have a focus to um, work, to, to help with the working poor, meaning their focus is to help people who are not just sitting around, give for me because I don't want to do anything. They work and reach out to people who are working hard to care for themselves, but they're going through a current crisis that is just making it very difficult. I love Mercy's Gate for many, many reasons. And one of the reasons is because their care is holistic. And I mean by that, it's not just, here's some food, here's some money, I hope you do well. It is social, physical care for people in our community, but it's also spiritual care as well. They'll tell you on their website that their objective is not to give a hand out, but a hand up. And they mean a hand up in two ways. First of all, it's really helping people connect with God. Helping people learn God's will and God's way. Because the, the truth is, a lot of people are facing it. Tr- traumatic situations in their lives because God has not been in the equation. And so Mercy's Gate says, let's bring God into the equation of your life. That's a hand up. And one of the ways they do that is they, they, they recruit partner churches. There are 50 partner churches. We as Eastside, so proud that our church is a partner church. And there are volunteers from partner churches like from our church that are the face-to-face presence of Jesus with individuals who come for assistance to Mercy's Gate. But another way that they offer a hand up, is, it, hand, hand up it's awkward to say that, is you would never go to Mercy's Gate get assistance, and then leave, you're always going to meet with a trained Christian counselor. And I love this part about it. They're going to pray with the people who come there. They're going to counsel you. They're going to talk to you about how to help you better navigate your life, to work your way out of 
of the difficulties that you're going through. And some of the services they provide are, are they give rent and mortgage assistance to those who, who can't pay their bills. They give utility assistance. They give medical assistance. They give transportation vouchers for gas and buses. They give food in, in various ways. They give clothing and household assistance. They help people with their tax returns at the, in, in, um, when that season comes around. They give counsel on career advice, helping these people find and get located and work. They, they give references to educational resources that these people can find as well. And then also they, they have annual events. We participate in their annual backpack drive. They do this every year. Helping people who are going to school who need some assistance with their, their supplies for school. And then there, there are two things, and this is what our offering next Sunday is going to be about, is they, they have what's called Home for the Holidays and they also have holiday meal kits. That's what our har harvest offering is going to be about next week. So, let me give you the instructions. Just like they did in Deuteronomy 26, we're going to have an offering, and here's the way we're going to do it. Just following the biblical model. It's going to be basically in, in two parts. First of all, we're going to bring, and we're going to ask you to bring a monetary offering to Mercy's Gate. And we're asking this to be above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings. Basically, we'll have a, uh, this means that next week, I'll make my offering announcement. Everybody, please give your, your weekly offerings to meet the weekly needs of the church. And then we're going to have a special time. There's going to be a basket down here that is going to be for Mercy's Gate. And we're going to ask you to bring a monetary donation, place it in the basket as an offering of worship. 100% of those funds are going to be donated to Mercy's Gate. And those funds are going to help in many ways, two primary ways, it's going to help people keep their electricity on over the holidays. That may, may seem odd to you, but it's not odd to far too many people in our community. It's going to help some people stay home for the holidays because they're going to receive assistance from churches like us to help them in that particular way. We have a group from our church that goes on a scheduled basis to Mercy's Gate. It's on Monday nights, on particular Monday nights. We provide a meal for, they call them the neighbors, the people come for assistance. And while um, we're providing a meal, their trained counselors are meeting with different individuals. And it, as a matter of fact, if you would like to be a part of that, we're always needing people to cook a meal. Get, get together with some of your friends or get together with your life group and say, hey, we want to take one of those monies, let me or Elaine Baxter or Sarah know. We would love that. Always needing extra help, always needing people to cook for Mercy's Gate. We'll have anywhere from 70, 80 people come. And while we'll have some people in the kitchen and they're in there getting the food, putting it on the plates and distributing the food. And then there's others of us who, what you might say, work the crowd. We work the tables. And so we go from table to table and we sit down and, and my job is just to talk to people and to pray with people and ask them how they're doing and, and, and primarily just to listen and sometimes when I'm talking with these people, it's, it's a very sobering conversation. Many times I've said, well, hey, what brought you here tonight? And they'll just say, we're just hungry. Just hungry. That's why they came. Others came because they don't have enough money to buy groceries this week. And they found out by dialing 211 that they could get assistance at Mercy's Gate. 
There are others in Mercy's Gate when they had these interviews where they're trained counselors. You can't just walk in, I need some help with this. That You've got to bring documentation. Many of them have their files of documentation with them and you'll see disconnect notices for their electricity. Some of them have their eviction notices from their landlords because they do not have the funds to cover their electric bill or their, or their, or their mortgage. And here's, here's the hardest part for me when I'm sitting down, I'm talking with the family, we prayed together and they're, they're really hurting and they're just hoping that they can get some financial assistance to stay in their home. And so Mercy's Gate's problem is they don't have enough money to cover everybody. Usually on a Monday night, they can take 10 to 15 people. And there's about 70 or 80 that are there. Now, some of those are families, so it may be 40 or 50 that need assistance. So all these come, but only 10 to 15, they can help. So they take up all the applications, and you might say they put them in a basket or put them in a hat, and they draw out 10. They walk up to this white magic marker board, and they write down the names of these 10 to 15 people. The 10 to 15 depends on how much money do we have right now, how many counselors do we have available to interview these individuals. They write the names of these 10 to 15 people. Many times it happens that I'm sitting with a family anxiously awaiting to see if their names can be drawn only to find out that their names aren't written on the board. And the looks on their faces are just incredibly, it's just crushing. They leave very despondent. Three quarters, that's 75% of the people that come to Mercy's Gate are turned away because there just are not enough funds to help the demanding need right now in our city. But Mercy's Gate says, okay, that's not going to happen in the holidays. We don't want that to happen in the holidays. They want every single person who walks into Mercy's Gate for assistance with their, with their mortgage or their rent, they want every single person to be able to get assistance. But in order for that to happen, the partnering churches have to step up and say, we're going to do something special. And that's where the donation next week comes into play. Imagine this, what you give next week could literally keep a family in their home over the holidays. Now, so I want to I want I want to ask you to be generous with this gift. And and if you give a gift through cash, it'll be in the bucket. If you do it through a check to make life easier for us in our office and easier for the office at Mercy's Gate, they prefer the checks to be written out directly to Mercy's Gate. So keep that in mind. And they, Mercy's Gate will send you a tax-deductible letter uh, for your, when you're filling out your returns. That's the first part. The monetary offering, there's going to be a basket down front. But secondly, there is also the, um, the food offering. And the goal there is to provide these holiday meal kits for a designated number of people. We have targeted, we're targeting 40 families in the city of Colorado Springs that we want our church to be able to say you're having a hard time making, making ends meet we want to at least provide a meal for you over the holidays here's how it's going to go the holiday meal kits don't just have random stuff in it but there's a list of what, what should go into all the holiday meal kits and so we're asking that you just purchase as many of these food items this week as you can that would go in the holiday meal kits, and you're going to bring it next, bring it next week a, as an expression of worship. Now, we have this online uh, aid that we use. I guess I'll call it. It's called Sign Up Genius. Many of you are really uh, familiar with Sign Up Genius. That's where you'll find the food to bring. You go to Sign Up Genius, you look at it, and, and 
even I can figure it out, all right? And that's saying something, because that's not my world. Technology is not. I'm spoiled by some of the rest of the folks that, that work here. But you go on there and it shows you, you click on what you can bring. And that's going to really help us out a lot because on Tuesday or Wednesday we'll see, well, we've got like a thousand cans of cranberry sauce and we have absolutely none of this, this, and this. We'll let you guys know. Everybody signed up for this, but we need some of this. And so how do you access Sign Up Genius? You access it. There's an insert in the bulletin. There's, there is an insert in the bulletin. Get a bulletin, open it up, and you will see these instructions I'm giving you in the insert and you will see the link to Sign Up Genius. Also, Sarah's going to be sending out caramels and it's going to make it even easier all you got to do is click on the link in the caramel it'll take you straight there follow the simple instructions or you can also on our facebook site our our church family facebook that it'll, it'll be located there click on the food that you're going to be able to bring and that'll let us know now some of you are going oh man you totally lost me i uh sign up genius online i have no clue how to do that we have an answer for you We've decided to give everyone who feels that way a free iPad for Christmas and Sarah is going to spend six weeks with each of you training you how to use it. Thank you, Sarah. No, what Sarah is going to do and what Eddie's going to do, we're going to be right out there in the far end and go, oh man, I don't know how to get on the computer. That just totally, totally lost me. We will show you how to do it. We, we won't show you how to do it. We'll just do it for you. We'll make it really easy for you. So go to Sign Up Genius. If you're going, oh, I can't handle that. Don't let that be an obstacle, okay? Come, please. Uh, no, we're not giving out iPads, okay? That was a joke, new people. I don't wake up and go, today I'll be sarcastic. It just oozes out sometimes. My bad. Um, don't let your battles with technology scare you. We will help you with that. See us, see me or Sarah, and if you miss us, um, contact us. Now, look, here's the thing. Don't prepare the already put-together kits. We don't want you doing that. We just want you to bring a bunch of random food according to the list because we're going to prepare the holiday kits later. Bring your food, and when you come next Sunday, don't bring it down here, don't bring it down there. Take it with you to your seat. There'll be a designated time in our worship assembly where we're going to live out what we see here in Deuteronomy 26. We're going to bring our food. There'll be baskets down here for you to put your food in. This is going to be our, our act of worship. Now, accompanying your food we also want to give every family a turkey. But if you bring frozen turkeys next week and we give them to them in two weeks, what are we going to, how are we going to do that? So here's what we're going to do. We need at least 40 gift cards, 40 gift cards to any grocery store. And that way, we'll, that'll go on one of the holiday meal kits. An individual will be able to buy uh, a $15 gift card. So it doesn't matter what grocery store is. So there's going to be two baskets. One basket right here for your monetary offerings. There's going to be another basket right here for your uh, $15 grocery gift cards. And if we get more than 40 cards, we get 400 cards. Hey, that's just phenomenal. That's fantastic. The need's great in our community. So don't worry about that. Bring as many as you can. So there's two events, you see it on the calendar there, that are accompanying this activity. We want this to be a family event. So on December 3rd, you don't want to miss it, you want to be here. Is that a Friday night? I think it is. It's a Saturday night. So there's a Saturday night where we have our Christmas musical, Oh, You Want to Come? They've been working hard on it. They're practicing right now for it. Our children are going to do it. 
during that evening, probably afterwards, we had decided that we're going to get together, we're going to take all of this food, and we're going to put it together and prepare our holiday meal kits. All the kits will be nice, clean, fresh, not wadded up um, grocery bags. We'll put all the food in there. And so as a matter of fact, we need at least 80 bags because we want 40 families, but we want to double the bags up. So if somebody wants to go to Whole Foods and say, would you give us 80 bags for a church offering? We need some help with that, okay? We need a lot of grocery bags. We will put those holiday meal kits together. We'll put the food in them as a family with our children, our moms and dads, any of you that participate, a $15 gift card and go in there. And then stapled to every bag is going to be an invitation to our Christmas Eve service on December 24th as well as to our December 25th um, Christmas morning service as well. That's December 3rd. Mark your calendar. Then on December 14th, we're going to take the food to Mercy's Gate. We're talking about a, a five-minute drive around the corner from here. And we're going to be able to meet these 40 families who are going to come, see them face-to-face, and give them the, uh, the um, holiday meal kit. Now, we can't everybody be there. Only three or four volunteers that we're going to need for that particular event on December 14th. So mark your calendars. Next Sunday, November 13th, Harvest Offering. Monetary offering in a basket, gift cards in a basket, food, bring it, sit down and bring it, get it through Sign Up Genius or talk to one of our geniuses, <laughs> Eddie or Sarah on the foyer today, we'll help you with that. Bring your food, we'll give our offering um, next Sunday and then following that on December 3rd, we will put the holiday meal kits together on then December 14th, we will deliver the food. Now, those of you that are live streaming, we don't want to leave you out. You're just as much a part of our church family. We would love for you to mail in, along with your regular tithes and offerings, mail in a separate check written out to Mercy's Gate. You can mail it this week. And if you would like to order food or buy food, go ahead and go on the uh, Sign Up Genius or contact us if you don't know how to do that. And get that food together and bring it by and drop it off at the office on um, any day this week. Or contact me and I'm not kidding when I say this I would love to come to your house and pick up your basket because some of you I hadn't seen in so long I would love to see you so say Eddie would you come pick up my groceries I would absolutely love that so please um please participate with us now I realize today was not um the usual spine tingling sermon that you guys are used to okay but just think about this Think about this, all right? If God through us could help one family stay in their home on the holidays and keep their electricity on and provide a meal to let them know how much God loves them, if just one family, then I would say this is the best sermon I've ever preached. But here's what's cool about this. We're going to go way beyond, I'm certain of that, way beyond one family. The impact of today's sermon is the lessons that you're going to learn are not in the hearing, but it's going to be what you experience in the doing. So church, let, let's, let's do this. And I want, I want to ask you to 
go home this week. And I know this hasn't been the easiest year for a lot of us. And though you've had some ups and downs, you know, one of the beautiful things about thankfulness, it's not because everything has been so great, but it's every, God has been so good, even though everything hasn't always been so great. God has been good. And so even though you may have had a hard year, it's been tough for you in many ways, I want you to reflect over how God has cared for you and provided for you this year. How God has gone above and beyond. And then as you, as you reflect over that and pray over that, consider how you can respond in thanksgiving to God with, with our harvest offering. So that we'll come together next Sunday. And as it says in that passage in Deuteronomy 26, and we will rejoice in all the good things the Lord our God has given to us and to our households. Church, that is the true heart of thanksgiving. So how do you respond to today's lesson? Through preparing your offering this week. I want you to stand now. We're going to close with a, a prayer of thanksgiving. And I want us to leave today with the conviction to take these words expressed in a song and let them be transformed into deeds of giving back to God through giving to our community. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this ancient story in Deuteronomy and how it doesn't have to be, well, wasn't that neat what they did a long time ago, but it can be something that's alive and real in our church family today. God, I pray that you would help us in the midst of the trials and struggles that we face. Help us to see your goodness, to be reminded of your goodness. And help us not only in this song to express our thanks to you, but help us look at ways that we can truly offer to you our offering of thanks. Father, in this moment, we lift up this song. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.